Listener Production. On today's episode of Footy Talk, David Zaharakis joins me with all the big news stories in footy. Will Stewie Jew be coaching the Suns in 2024 or will Damien Hardwick be snapped up quick as a blink? We're also joined by Simon Plumridge, the real MVP from Round 16, the goal umpire, of course, responsible for that Dan Houston kick after the siren. And Stats King, Ethan Meldrum, jumps in with his top three stats on your hump day. That's all coming up on Footy Talk. G'day guys and welcome back to Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy with all the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. In studio with me today, David Zaharakis is back for round two. Great to have you again. You want to be back. Thank yes, you. Yes, we did. We thought you did such a, an amazing job on your first gig on, on Footy Talk. We oh, thank you. I appreciate that. How's your training going? First and foremost, for those who might have missed our first episode yes. with you a few weeks ago, you're training for your first ever Ironman. Going well? Uh, going well, yes. Um... I feel like I'm on a bit of a, a flat week though this week. I've training quite hard at the moment and um, I spoke to my coach, Brad, as, yes. as we spoke about before um, and said, I think I need a little bit of a deload. I've been going up for about three months now and uh, I've kind of hit that little patch where I might have a, a week off. Not a week off, but just a download. So I had uh, a nice small bike this morning and um, I'm doing Run Melbourne actually next Sunday, oh, the awesome. 21K mm. uh, half marathon uh, around Melbourne. So um, uh, yeah, probably a little deload before then. You're one of those psychopaths that get up at 4am and train as well, aren't you? Yeah, I was up at 4.30 this morning riding the bike. Um, I'm an 8.15 kind of gal. You are. I've never <laughs> seen you in there before 7am. Oh, hell no. No, no, no. No, no. so uh, that's going well though. It's um, yeah, all prepping for the Ironman later in the year. Awesome. Cannot wait to watch you on that journey. But let's get stuck into all of the footy news for your Wednesday. And the big news dominating the last 24 hours or so has been the chat around Stewie Drew. I, I personally... Um, don't like this, but what are your thoughts on it? Uh, of course, people are basically saying that Stewie Jew might be out of the job within mm. the next month or so. And as we know, Damien Hardwick is potentially on the table. So what are your thoughts on this? It's a very difficult one. Um, Gold Coast haven't really bottomed out in the last five or six years when no. they've been under him, but they haven't made finals. So it's a hard one. They've been kind of stuck in that limbo where they're not getting great draft picks, Um they're not bringing in some great talent. Like obviously you've got great talent on the list, but mm. it's a very hard one because you're, you're not proving to your supporters that you've been really successful in making finals, which is obviously what they want to achieve. But then they're not finishing on the bottom of the ladder. So where do they sit? They're in limbo. Um, you can understand that if there's other coaches out there, um, like Damien Hardwick. Mm. Uh, That's uh, why my, this conversation is taking place, exactly. isn't it? It's because Damien Hardwick is potentially on the table. Yes, and my philosophy – as a player, I mean, I've never been a coach, but as a player, it's it's always you only replace your current coach if you have someone out there better to replace them with. And Damien Hardwick clearly is a proven coach, mm. three grand finals, uh, three premierships. So um, for me, he's probably better at this stage. Um, with no disrespect to, to Dewey, you've got a, play, a guy that's won three flags. So he's out there. He's that dangling carrot for, for Gold Coast right now um, to potentially recruit uh, to the club. But for Stewie Jew, it's... It's, it's a hard one. You want him to – I want him to be successful there because I actually think he's a really Me good coach. Too. I love listening to him in the media. I love what he says about I'm the players. I'm I, I am as well. Yeah. But it's a very hard one. You can understand why the fire's coming on him, but I do think you cannot replace a coach unless you know someone's better 
going to take the job. And obviously you can't know that till retrospectively in years time, but you have to do your due diligence to make sure you're getting a better person in the job. Yeah. So just to recap this story, Caroline Wilson came out a few days ago and said that sources um, have basically told her that Stewie Jew was on the chopping block. Robbo last night on 360 said that Stewie Jew was absolutely ropeable. His players were ropeable. Mm. They wanted to come out and go to bat for him in the media as well. And it just, Blows my mind because you can see the improvement with Gold Coast Suns Mm -hmm. and I understand that they have now been in the competition for a long time and they need to play finals, yes, but they've beaten the Cats, they've beaten Richmond, they've beaten the Dogs, Crows, they lost to the Ds by five points in a game that they probably should have won. They've won seven games across the season and just looking at their list profile as well, it's starting to click for them. You know, Charlie Ballard down back, you've got Lukosius and King up forward and then Rao, Humphreys, the likes in the midfield. So that spine is looking really, really good, and things do take time. I like Rao's. Uh, I feel like this is a real nice comeback season for him. I know he yep. played last year, but I feel like he's finally getting into probably his body feeling great again. It does take a while to come back for the PCL, I know, for, uh, for myself and obviously the shoulder. So I'm loving his year at the moment. But I feel like with them, yeah, you are kind of – you're in that limbo where every time – They've had a chance to make a statement to potentially make the top eight. Carlton two weeks ago or three weeks ago was a perfect example. They had a chance to, I think, get in the eight uh, with that or get at least equal eight with that win at the G uh, mm-hmm. against Carlton. And every time they've had a chance to make a statement game. They played against Collingwood this weekend, just gone by. Again, they had another chance to make another statement and they just falter. They lose by 70 points to Carlton. They lose by 70 again on the weekend to Collingwood. And I feel like that's where the pressure's coming from that – Yes, the players clearly love Dewey. They but you, do. you don't come out as a player and say that unless you love the coach. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're silent. If you're a player <laughs> and you don't really want the coach, you don't come out and say you don't want the coach, but you stay silent and you just kind of let the media have their run and uh, and you just sit back. and. Yeah. But if you come out and make statements saying you love the coach, that means you clearly do. And that's that's great synergy within the footy club. They've clearly got a great culture up there. Mm. As I said, I, lo- I love listening to him in the media. I think he's great for the club up there. But the disappointing thing for the Gold Coast fans will be that every time they've had a chance to make a statement and make that next leap to even get into the eight, they've faltered. Yeah. And by a long way. They haven't just lost by a couple of goals and played good footy. They have not played and performed. Yeah, you can definitely see that love between the coach and the players. But as you said, um, yeah, it's a tricky place to be at the moment. But what's it like internally? You had six coaches in 13 (laughs) years at the Bombers. So you've you've experienced this and you're probably the best one to speak to with this current situation. Yeah. So what's it like internally within the four walls of a footy club when journos are breaking big news stories that you might not necessarily agree with or you might agree with and not say anything, as you <laughs> said? <laughs> yeah, you can't hide away from the fact when the pressure comes. Uh, and as a, as a footy player, I mean, I said it in my career many times, you don't read, you don't listen to all these things, you don't pick up the paper, what, but you can't help it. It's, it's in your face. It's 24-7 yeah. news coverage these days and it creates a negative vibe and energy around your club. And you see people start to change the way they behave. So whether it be coaches, you realize the pressure's on them. They might crack earlier in a game or early at training sessions where rather than let a drill go or um, or just bring the players in to have a chat, it's more of a, a negative vibe around the club. They'll have more of a dig or whatever it is, but you notice a, a change. Um, and you can't hide away from that because you've got external pressures. You've got the board, you're having a meeting with the board every week or every month. Um, you've got the media at you and then you've probably got the feeling of, maybe you're losing the players a little bit as a, as a coach. And uh, you you understand that pressure around the club. I mean, like you said, I had six coaches in 13 years and they all got sacked for different reasons. We obviously went through uh, enough at the footy club that everyone knows about. But 
even in my early year under Matthew Knights in my second year, we lost eight games in a row or something like that to finish the year. And, and you know when you're doing that, the coach mm-hmm. is going to be under pressure. Herdy was a completely different circumstance. Um, Bomber as well, where he was coming in for an interim coach and everyone thought he was going to coach again the next year. And then all of a sudden it came out that Herdy was going to coach next year. And that was bang in your face. And you kind of didn't really know what was happening. Um, the, what, the interesting one for me was the Woosher um, truck one where that was kind of, for me, out of the blue, I thought, Wisher was going to come in and um, take over for the next sort of 10 years for the yeah. footy club, really take us out of that, um, the saga that we went through. And that was kind of a, a thing to me where they try to make it work with that, the Wisher in charge, take over yeah. and that kind of thing. It just never worked. But the hard thing about that is um, to, to really answer your question is it, it, you can't hide the fact that it, it changes the energy and vibe around a footy club. doesn't matter what you're going through. The Gold Coast Suns right now, even if they think they're a strong culture and strong club, it will change the energy at the club about how they perform and how they play each week. Well, that is a big watch over the next few weeks, few months, whatever it might be. But I am 100% Team Stewie Jew, as I said. I agree. Good. Um, let's move on. The AFL are going to crack down on players that milk dangerous tackle-free kicks. Um, they're going to include it in the conversation at the end of the year during their annual end-of-season tribunal review. How do you see this? Because players have, in my opinion, become very, very clear and, and very clever mm-hmm. at, at you know, milking those free kicks. Do you think players throw themselves forward yeah. or twist? Yeah. Yeah. As they're getting tackled? Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they know that they're going to ultimately win that free kick. Yes, win the free kick. Yeah. yeah. And that, and that's it's a, it's the hardest part right now in NFL, isn't it? That tackling. Like on instinct, you get taught to tackle, tackle to the ground, not to hurt. I'll, I reckon when I first started, it was you tackle to hurt. It was. Like when I was a kid growing yeah. up, it was you tackle the opposition to hurt. Now it's not. Now it's you tackle to win the ball back or cause a stoppage and, and reset. So that's definitely changed the the talking around it. But I still think the instinct is you tackle someone and as it, like you tackle with a tackle bag as a kid, you get taught to bring the tackle bag to ground <laughs> yeah. and you tackle it around. Whereas I do some I do see, I think, players consciously now when they have when the umpire calls ball up, they're both standing there holding yes. each other. So I do see more of that of players not trying to throw people to ground when they have that second yeah, to think evident. about the tackle. You, yeah. yeah, you can clearly see it. Mm. It's the ones that are a quick play where you turn to your right, you see a player and you tackle and you bring him to ground where you don't have that time to think. Um, but if you're the player getting tackled, you can't tell me that you haven't tried to milk a free kick from, oh, from a tackle. Yeah, I mean, Angus Moffries, when I was playing with him, <laughs> I'll throw him under the bus here, but everyone knew, he always dropped the knees forward to get a push in the back. And he did it so well in in my early part of my career that he would get a lot of in-the-back free kicks because he dropped the knees. And obviously Luke Shuey, one of the best mates, um, out there would obviously put the arm up to get over the shoulder. And I think now it's gone to players, yeah, slinging themselves to the ground to potentially get a free kick. Mm. But you also are putting yourself in danger. You are. Uh, for a head head knock, hit the ground. And then even if you feel good, the doctors are going to take you off the ground now uh, if your head looks like you're hitting the ground. So you are jeopardising your own game. I don't think players should get that. It's an ugly look in the game if you are slinging yourself to the ground, trying to get a free kick, because uh, you could take yourself out. How do you think the state of the game is at at the moment, I guess? And is there anything else that you think that the AFL or the umpires really need to crack down on uh, or change? Is there anything a, that annoys you? Well, I'm not sure if it'll be a controversial opinion. It could be. <laughs> um, I think AFL is getting a little bit boring at the moment. Um, I... Always the start of the year is that open, free-flowing footy and, and some teams play it. I love watching Collingwood more than any team 
in the AFL right now. I I, mm. I stop my weekends to sit down and watch their games because it's it's an amazing brand of footy. And uh, they're selling out stadiums wherever they go. Oh, up in the Gold Coast, Marvel's sold out on Friday night. I saw the paper the other day about um, the, the, the games yep. they played this year and the crowds they've had. And there's a reason why. I, mean, I know they're a big club, but the way they play footy, they're probably bringing casual fans to the footy. Totally. I'm not a Collingwood fan and I love watching their games. So for me, the game is getting a little bit boring where, I mean, no one wants to see a, a, a Sydney-Geelong draw at 52 old. No one wants to see a 47-44 game. I know it was a wet game um, in Alice Springs, but for me as a pure footy fan, I think the game's defence has got too good mm. in the AFL now. Coaches are so smart. Yes, 6-6-6 came in, and that can cause quick scoring from a centre bounce. But once that ball has been balled up and there's another reset – Teams then basically set their defences from there. And within two or three seconds, the game's then basically another stagnant game. And I, I think players are too athletic now, too quick, too fit, and they, it's a transitional basketball game now. So Ooh. for me, the solution I think would be go to 16 a field uh, in the AFL. Whether you take away a, a half forward, so you have five forwards down each end, or whether yeah. you take away the wings, I think the wings is a great art That's form. That's a big in, call. In foot. It's a big call. It's a controversial call. I know some people will be agreeing with it to have less players on the field to open up more space. Uh, but the AFL's changed over the years. I know they've changed the interchange from two to four to five. So the interchange has changed. Mm. Um, and footy once upon a time was 16 a field. So I think potentially look at it maybe, pre-season games, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think to open the game up and cause more attacking brand of footy, so teams can play. Who, who would not want to go see Collingwood and 17 other teams in the AFL play like that because it's yeah. more open, free-flowing footy? And preseason games are the perfect opportunity to trial these exactly. things, You don't need to bring them into the, you know, the, the genuine season, but it's a good time. To yeah, play. I'm not saying it should be a law next year in the AFL. I'm saying let's trial, let's give it a crack. If it does cause more open footy, fans might love it and we might embrace it and, and go away. But I don't think it'll change the game the actual just it's not going to change marking, kicking, whatever. It's going to change mm. just the openness of the game. It'll yeah. be more. We used to play for sixteen aside in preseason as a fitness drill, and all you'd be doing is running up and back, and it and it was great spectacle. Yes, there was less defense, but people want to go see offense. One of my pet peeves at the moment is the goal review. What don't you like about it? No, just particularly where it's you know either going to go home, go home, go for a behind, or go out of bounds on the full. Just make a decision, <laughs> make a call. You don't need a score reviewer anyway. That one point could be crucial. Well, Zaka, speaking of goal reviews, do I have a treat for you today? Ooh, what have we got? And it is the real MVP from round sixteen. If there was three votes available for umpires for a Brownlow count, this guy would be it. Yes. We've got Simon Plumridge down the line, who was responsible for the Dan Houston. I guess decision. Yes. The, the kick after the siren to win the game. Simon, thank you so much for joining us. And first and foremost, did you pull up all right? Any corkies? Any injuries? You all good? <laughs> yeah, g'day, Abby. G'day, David. Great to be here. Uh, no, no injuries. I'm absolutely fine, which is lucky. But um, yeah, just uh, happy to be involved in the, in the special moment. It looked like uh, Sammy Durham was trying to take a hanger over your head. <laughs> Could you actually feel him brush your head as he went past? Uh, yeah, absolutely. He uh, definitely made contact with the back of my head. But no, all credit to him. Like in that moment, I can totally understand why he'd be trying to take a hanger on, on the annoying umpire on the, umpire on the line. So no, nah, fair <laughs> enough. So, Simon, what's going through your head in that moment? You know that this kick is going to make or break the game. You know that there's about 20 blokes about to jump on top of your shoulders, on top of your head. What are you thinking in that moment? Uh, just trying to stay in the moment and, and keep my eyes on the ball as best I can. Um, obviously aware that there's players around and probably going to cop some contact, but, yeah, just trying to, to watch the ball as best I can and try and work out exactly what happens uh, regarding the score. 
Do you train for situations like that as well? Yeah, absolutely. We, we train positioning and we train decision-making. Um, it's a bit hard to train um, with AFL type of people around. <laughs> uh, they're, they're pretty big bodies, pretty big boys, but... No, we, we, we just try and uh, have long kicks coming in at training and try and adjudicate whether to, to move towards the line or stay behind the flight of the ball. So, yeah, we try and simulate it. It doesn't always line up exactly. You spoke about keeping your eye on the ball and you did that perfectly, but you gave someone a little shove in the back in the process. <laughs> did you know what you were doing in that exact moment? Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. I was just, I guess I was just focused on trying to make my position and uh, I apologise to uh, any Essendon fans out there if I got in the way. Hey, do not apologise. Do not apologise. That was wonderful. But did you think that he had it in him? It was wet weather footy. He was 55 metres out. The the ball would have been mm. heavy as yep. all hell as well. I was sitting at home on the couch in, in the comfort of I my own home. Was heartbreaking. Oh my goodness. But did you think that he had it in him? I guess I was open to the possibility of, of him being able to kick that far, knowing that Houston is a pretty good kick. And he just looked quite confident going back. He just seemed like he had an awareness of the game situation and he knew that he could, you know, well, he knew that he should have a shot. And so just watching his body language going back and seeing what he looked like, I thought, right, well, looks like he's going to have a shot here, so I've just got to be prepared for anything. And, gee, it was a great kick mm. and carried and great goal. Yeah, Simon, I've had some big moments on the G and I know walking off into the change rooms, my phone's blown up. What has happened to your phone <laughs> yes. in the last couple of days? How many text messages have you received from fellow umpires and also friends and family? Simon, I've watched that video at least 10,000 times, <laughs> I reckon. It is the best thing ever. The phone definitely blew up. Lots of um, friends and family, very supportive, lovely, lovely messages. Um, and then, yeah, just... It's just continued on for a few days, which has been the most surprising part about it. But um, yeah, I was just—it's really—I feel really privileged to be involved in such a such a cool moment in a game of footy. So it's kind of why we get into umpiring, just to to be involved. So yeah, it's great. Simon, you are an absolute star and mm-hmm. by far our MVP for round 16. So thank you so much for joining us on Footy Talk and we can't wait to see you a part of other big moments throughout your, your umpiring journey. Oh, I really appreciate your time. Thanks, David. Thanks, Abby. Hey, Zaga. Simon, what an absolute legend. And he speaks so beautifully, doesn't he? He seems like a very kind man. He does. He's very, very nice. He almost seems remorseful that he uh, got in the way of SM players, but he's doing his job. Doing his job very, very well. Hey, we've got to take a break. You're listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on Spotify, you know what to do. Hit the bell. Listening to Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy with all the latest news, interviews, and analysis in the world of AFL. Ethan Meldrum has joined us in studio today. Triple M Royalty, stats guru, Ethan Meldrum. Zaka? Stats guru, yes. Stats guru. It was great last time it I was, was in. It was great last very, time. Very, very good. Ethan, great uh, to see you. Good to see you too. I won't accept royalty. That's, that's, no. a, that's a little bit too generous Come for the on. two of you. You're very, very good. <sighs> Royalty's a stretch. Royalty's a real well, royalty. You go from very, very good to royalty. Yeah. Okay. He's he's a king. Okay. All right. So, just, yeah. Someone who is a king, though. I want to start with the Bombers <laughs> and Zach Take Merritt. Take a compliment. Okay. I'm a king. Whatever. <laughs> there you go. Zach Merritt. I want to start with him. Yes. Number one ranked player in the competition mm-hmm. over the last six weeks, averaging 30 touches. And the reason he's the number one ranked player over that period of time is how good he's been by foot. Yes. 79% by foot. He's kicking efficiency over the last six weeks. For a contested ball winning midfielder, that's... 
extraordinary. Yep. Number one rated kick in the competition by a long way mm. over that period of time. So champion data, their play rating system, like the amount of points he's gained by his ball use, purely by his ball use in the last six weeks, mm. only only 10 players have that covered this season. That's how good he's been by foot over the last six weeks, Zaka. What I love about him is he's taken on the captaincy role, mm. but then he's also taken his personal game to a whole new level mm. this year. And everyone knew he was a great kick. That's exactly why he was playing midfield and why he's, I think, won three BNFs at the footy club so far. And for me, his game has gone to another level and he's more just showcasing his kicking ability. Plus, he's got now Nick Martin in there, who's another elite kick uh, yep. in the midfield. They're complementing each other yeah. uh, in there. Darcy Parrish feeds it out to him. Zach gets his own ball, but he's kicking inside 50. Yeah, it speaks for itself, like you said, with those stats. And it's great to see him step his game up with the captaincy. That's hard to do, isn't it? When you take on the role of captaincy, sometimes it can be not overwhelming, but you've got so much more to worry about than yep. just going out there and performing yourself on game day. You've got the entire team who look to you for inspiration and motivation. So to see him, as you said, grasp the captaincy, but also take his game to another level, that's been so impressive this yeah. season. Yeah, hard to do. Someone not performing by foot at the moment is Melbourne. So looking at their last five games, their two wins, three losses. There was a game before that they lost to Port Adelaide. But under Champion Data's expected score, they would have won four of those games had Mm. they kicked to AFL expectation. Mm -hmm. So the Fremantle game, they would have won. The Carlton game, they would have won by more. Collingwood, they would have beaten by more. Uh, Geelong, they would have lost Giants, they would have beaten by 33 points. If they kicked straight, they kicked, what, five goals, 15 in the wet in Alice Springs. In the, in the last five games, they ranked seventh in the league for shots scored, mm-hmm. pretty normal. 18th for goals scored, equal with West Coast over that period of time. Petrarca's had 17 shots for two goals, eight. Cozzy Pickett, 22 shots for six goals, eight. Kay Chandler, seven shots for seven behinds. I'm talking to two pro- pretty prolific goal kickers. Zaha, you've got Anzac Day. Abby, you've got 100 in the season. Where does this come down to, do you think, for the Ds? It's t- tough, isn't it? Obviously, as you said on the weekend, very tricky conditions in Alice Springs. But the last few months, this has been a problem for them. Mm. And we spoke about it on Monday on Footy Talk, was just that connection piece between the mids and the forwards. Yep. That's what's lacking. Yep. They're not getting the ball into really, I guess, good positions, kind of 25, yep. 30 metres out directly in front, taking marks inside 50. So that for me is is where it's breaking down. But even, yeah, Christian Pedraka, four behinds on the weekend. Um, bad foot, bad kicking is bad footy. Yeah. But I think you're right. Where are you getting those shots from? I think mm. your stat there, Pedraka had two goals from, was it 20? Two goals, eight. From, from 17 uh, scoring yeah, shots. 17 so, shots for two goals. 17 shots. So you have 17 shots, but you only score in 10 times. So where are those other seven going? Is that because they're not getting good shots. Is he just having pot shots inside 50 or outside 50, whatever the case may be. Other players might be doing the same thing. They've got to get more efficient at that last kick inside 50, which is the hardest kick mm. in footy to finish off. And rather than having shots, say, from 45 out on the boundary, try and get that 25-metre kick on a 45 angle um, or close to uh, the front of goal. It's, it's the hardest thing to do in AFL footy, but it almost seems like yeah, you've got to have more team cohesion going inside 50 where you're getting easier shots for, for your team and you won't have 17 scoring shots but actually only 10 scores. Mm. Mm. That, you, want to, you want to clean that up. Yeah, absolutely. Other end of the field, and it's related to a poll we put up on on Instagram on Footy Talk yesterday. Uh, 
talking about Essendon's need for a key defender. So I want to look oh. at two in particular. The poll was Darcy Parish v Ben Mackay. Of course, both yep. both of those are free agents at the moment. The poll leaned towards Darcy Parish. Ben Mackay at the moment, second in the league for intercept marks over his last eight games. The other one I want to talk about is Harry Himmelberg. So he's been put down back over the last month. He was put down back late last year as well. Played 17 games as a defender over the last couple of years. In that time, 18 disposals in every single one of those games, 24 touches he's averaged, eight marks, mm-hmm. 77% kicking efficiency, and his one-on-one sort of like defensive loss rate, that's above average. He's only lost 22% of one-on-one contests. More in the sort of James Sisley mold. I suppose he's not as much of a one-on-one defender. Zacha, where are you sort of leaning with Parrish, Mackay, Himmelberg? Has Himmelberg you... been linked to Richmond quickly as well? He has. I think he's good mates with Tim Taran. Another one, yep. Another yeah. GWS there. Is that what you want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you go. Um, I voted Parrish on that on that poll. There good. You go. I love that you're getting disclosure. around the footy talk Insta. <laughs> yes, I am. I voted him. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's an interesting one. I feel over the last four or five years, Eston have been uh, needed inside mid. That was their number one thing. But yep. I feel like our midfield right now is going pretty well. Got a good complementary of inside-outside. Jai Caldwell's been great in there, half-forward mid. So I think now we're really after a key backman, um, whether that be Ben Mackay. Uh, I've got another one for you. Mm. Uh, Radigalia from Geelong. Oh, good shout. Mm. I, I really like his season. Whether you can poach him away from Geelong, I'm not sure. Players usually love going to Geelong rather than the other <laughs> way. It has been linked to Port Adelaide as well. There you go. Yeah, it, well, there you go. So I I would love to see him in Eston Colors, to be honest. We need a big key backman. Zach Reid, unfortunately, just keeps getting injured uh, and he's going to be out for, I think, the rest of the year this year. Ben Mackay, I'm, I'm really not sure about. Um, I still don't trust the way he plays footy uh, as, as a key backman um, in that side. He has some good games, but also has some games where he wavers away from um, great effort, I think, on the yep. footy field. So I'm um, not sure whether it might just be the system at North, the team they're going in, they're losing a lot of games, um, whether that uh, has a role to play in that. Um, but we definitely need one. I, just, mm. I think we need to go get one from another side. The window they're in right now, they can't draft one, uh, I feel like they need to go get a 23, 24-year-old. Who would you pick, Abs? Yeah, the free reign. Would you trust Darcy <laughs> Parrish as the, as the star mid or would you go and get a key defender? Well, as you said, they really do need a key back, don't mm. they? Their midfield is going okay. Mm. But, of course, Essendon people are going to want to keep Darcy Parrish at the footy club. Yep. So, first and foremost, I think they'll want to get him locked away. But You've also got Elijah Sitsis to come in. I think that's how you Sardis. Sardis. Elijah Sardis to come in as well. Yep. So that's another mid-forward uh, type, mm. I reckon, that could um, potentially, um, yeah, playing that midfield and complement that midfield side. So I do think you need, like yeah, you said, a and you've back. got Langford who's gone forward now. Yep. Laverde, as you said, kind of off air is a little bit undersized yep. for a key back. So yeah, that's certainly a big hole in their playing list. Yeah, and the mids are coming along. Bed Hobbs has been really yeah. good. Bed Hobbs Sa- has been great. I love him. Sardis had thirty three in the VFL on the go. weekend, so yep. I don't think he's too far away because he had that knee injury preseason. Yes. So the mids are starting to look pretty good at the mm. Bombers. Definitely, yeah. I-, I love how competitive Hobbs is. Mm. He actually just looks angry. He looks like he enjoys <laughs> footy and smiles, but then he looks angry when he's at a contest. And I think that's what they really need because we've been lacking that over the last couple of years. Last time you were in here, Zaka, you were making obviously the big pitch for the Bombers to make the top eight. You even called out a top four finish at one point. I said point, that were a chance. <laughs> but I said these five <laughs> yeah. weeks are crucial and now they're zero and two. How, how, are, you, so, how are you sitting on um, this now? I said if we went three, three and two or two and three, that would kind of launch for the, the later half of the year. But then... One of the games I said were easy ones were GWS, and that's they're not an easy one um, anymore. 
I think the Frio one was massive for him. Going over there and not performing was a real disappointment. Uh, they could have taken that one because Frio aren't playing great footy. Um, proven again um, on the weekend. And I think, uh, yeah, that was a big one for him. And Port lose by four points. So, <laughs> look, you, you can forgive him on the weekend because they did win when the siren went. And the game yeah. was theirs when the siren <laughs> actually went. Um, but then this next three weeks, whoa. That's a tough three weeks. Well, it's a crucial Sunday because it's it's Zaharakis v Holmes, the Holmes Zaharakis Cup, Eston v Adelaide, two teams that haven't made finals over the last couple of years. Go but the cer- But go the crom, certainly can with a win. A lot of pressure on. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of pressure on this week. That game's going to be cracking. Do you want to wager on that game? Yeah, absolutely. What would you want? I don't know. What do I, what do I want, Eth? Because I know that I'm going to win. Uh, oh, it's got to be a cash bet, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you got to go plain and simple. I, I was going to thought... say like a steak yeah. or a palmy or something. Or a meal. Like it's a cash or cash equivalent. There doesn't you go, really yeah. Matter. What do you like it at the moment? What cuisine? Oh, I could go a steak. All so right. Keegan doesn't eat red meat at home. So if okay. I can go and have a nice steak Done. somewhere. There you go. Let's Union do it. house steak night. Oh, done. Beautiful. Hey, well done, you guys. Always great to have you both in studio. And we are just about done for another episode of Footy Talk. If you have a question for us, get us on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod or at TikTok at footytalkpod. Tomorrow, you know what to do. Tune in to Footy Talk. You've got Dale Thomas and Heath Shaw. Listener.